0: Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell me more button and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm excited to bring you today's featured guest, Janice Hoffman. Janice, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: Hi. My, My pleasure. For any of you listening who may not know Janice yet, she's not just any speaker, trainer, or award winning author. She actually has a very unique background. And that she was personally trained by Dr. John Gray, the author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, as his very first Mars-Venus facilitator. She then proceeded to become the training director of the Mars-Venus Institute and helped train over 550 Mars-Venus facilitators worldwide. And this experience with Dr. Gray led her to write... Relationship Rules, 12 Strategies for Creating a Love That Lasts. It's a book that condenses the Mars-Venus philosophy into 12 easy-to-use strategies. And since 1997, Janice has been presenting her Get Smart Dating program to teens in Colorado, providing teens a place to learn what guys and girls are thinking and why they behave the way they do when it comes to dating. Janice, take a minute to fill in any blanks in that intro and give us a glimpse into your personal life if you would.
1: You know, I always say it was God calling when the phone rang and it was the woman from John Gray's office asking me if I wanted to become, you know, a Mars Venus facilitator because I actually was teaching A Course in Miracles. So I had a little Course of Miracles group. I had uh, been trained by Dr. Jerry Jampolski, And so I had an attitudinal healing support group. And I also had my own little form of meditation. Uh, so I had a meditation group and I thought, I'll start a Mars Venus support group and add that to my little repertoire and called the number in the back of his book and his book was wildly popular we really haven't seen a book be that popular since men are from Mars women are from Venus and told them my idea and they said oh we don't have anything to send you but thanks for calling and I honestly don't even remember leaving my phone number because it really wasn't a reason so when they called two and a half years later and said do you want to be trained by Dr. Gray I was I was just that's why I say this is like God calling you know it was like it was such a shock, and. I jumped at the opportunity, and I went out there, and I fell in love with the material, and his staff, and him, and and just poured myself into learning everything I could about the differences between men and women, which leads me to ter- to being where I am today. I, you know, I still work with Dr. Gray, John Gray, and still learn from him. You know, he's moved into more of a nutritional uh, point of view on relationships and how that affects moods, and so I'm um, his little mini me, if you will. <laughs>
0: That's great, thank you. Well, Janice, one of the things that I personally have found is is really important in partnership, and and I'm sure you have too, is that we have kind of a touchstone or what I call a guiding principle that keeps us on track. And I'm wondering, what is it that you use? Is it a mantra? A quote? Is there something that just brings you back on track when you get offline? And and how would you suggest our our listeners apply it in their life?
1: One of the things that really helps me stay on track is remembering that we are different as men and women. And as, and because we're different, we have different values. And it's taken me, you know, I worked with, this is my 20th year of when I was trained by John Gray many, many years ago. And so I have many years of having this be my daily life, but understanding, you know, that men's top emotional values are different than women's top emotional needs, actually not really values, but needs. And knowing when I interact with a man that his needs and his value system is different than mine. And same thing when I'm interacting with a woman, knowing what her emotional needs are and being able to offer that. You know, if a woman is hurting, know that asking questions is a good thing. If a man is having a problem, asking questions is not a good thing. <laughs> and just so knowing what those value systems are, helps me be able to give them what I believe they need, or at least be a little bit more helpful than not knowing those things.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really a great reminder, because I mean, it seems obvious that, hey, obviously, we're different. But I think we forget that, right? We forget, we think, oh, why are they acting so different than me? Why are they doing that? They're doing it on purpose. And, right. you know, they know what they're supposed to do, and they're not doing it. Exactly. And then we take it personally or we get mad at them when the reality is we're wired different.
1: We're totally wired different. Yeah. You know, one of the beauties of the Mars Venus material is that instead of trying to get men to be more like us and women to be more like men, take we're never going to change. So take those differences and how do you create a win-win? And that's what I love so much about my work is it creates a win-win in relationships where it isn't this time I get my way and next time you get your way and then the next time after that I get my way it's it's a win-win so we both even if we both just get a little bit of our way it's still a win-win.
0: Yeah, that's very very true.
1: Cuz when, when you when you get to be right about anything whether you're, any kind of relationship that you're in it, it isolates you from the people that you care about. It separates you from, from them because being right is a party for one.
0: <laughs> it that's, is. That's very true. It I really never, is. I never heard that before. I have I like totally that.
1: changed my new book. I have one of the chapters of my new book is "What's Wrong with Being Right," and I've totally changed my viewpoint on being right because it separates me from those I care about. Nobody really cares about being right but me, and it only lasts about five minutes. So it was really worth it. Yeah. To separate myself and you know from those that I love, just for a party for one for five minutes. I mean, now I look at being right, right. I don't want to be right. I want to be wrong so I can learn something.
0: So mm. I've lost
1: interest in being right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. And yeah, obviously time, but... being right is is not, it has nothing to do with partnership. Exactly. It's totally a solo act. So yeah, that's, that's really great insight. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. So I want to ask you, because one of the things that, that our listeners love about the show is the stories that our guests share. And, and I'd like you to, Take us to a time in your life when, I know it's kind of a personal question, but when you tripped up in a partnership, were you, you know, what were you doing? How'd you make up, you know, a mess of things? And and what did you learn from that experience that helped you move forward?
1: You know, probably one of the biggest things that I learned that has been helpful from that point forward to to now, to now is um, my husband telling me one time, I heard, I heard, you know, men say this all the time. I heard you the first time. They, they really didn't get it. He goes, I heard you the first time. You know, I got the memo. You don't need to keep telling me over and over and all the different ways in which it shows up. I, I, I got it. And and then, then in learning, you know, the Mars-Venus material as well as I have, if you if you get a man's attention and you say, this thing that you did hurt my feelings, and in the future I would prefer if you didn't do it again and then walking out of the room, and not saying anything more about it has been extraordinarily valuable because women aren't wired that way with each other but now that I know that I, there's I will get more of what I want there's a better a greater opportunity for me to get what I want or to be heard or to be understood if I couch it that way say at one time be very direct and ask what I want in the future and then drop it and change the subject or leave the room or do something you know just change the energy that there's a greater chance I'm going to get what I want because I didn't make him wrong. I didn't make him feel inadequate. I didn't blame him. I didn't put him on the defense. And I asked for what I want in the future. So he knows what to do in the future. And yeah. that has been the one of the single most values. And I use that with everybody in my life, all you know, especially men, especially men.
0: Yeah. And, and what I love about that, Janice, is one, you set him up to win. You told him exactly what he mm-hmm. can do in the future to be a winner. And not make a mistake again, which we love because we're horrible guessers as men. <laughs> and yeah. y- you also were to the point. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the other things that happens in our communication is, like you said, for most women, you want to talk about all these different details and go all these different directions and all these all over the place. And the man sitting there going, I have no idea what I'm supposed to remember out of this. Right. I'm so lost. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple days later, you're like, remember when we were talking about this? And he's like, no. And it's not because he didn't hear you. He guessed yeah. what he was supposed to retain exactly. and he didn't retain that. <laughs> and now it's you're so all true. mad at him again. It's so true. Yeah. I had a, a, a couple of my clients, there was a couple and they said that changed their life when she would say, hey, I need to talk to you about the kids. Then she could go talk about whatever else she wanted to in this big, long story. But he knew all he had to listen to was the kids. Right. Instead of guessing, was she talking about dinner? Was she talking about her friend Susie? I don't know which thing I'm supposed to pay attention to. And then getting in trouble. And he's like, it has changed our whole relationship.
1: Yeah. yeah so she I, still got I, to be
0: I, effusive the way she wanted to be. And he was set up to win because she said, this is what the story is about, even though you may never guess that. Right. But she needed to tell those details. It made her feel safe. It made her feel complete.
1: Yeah. We, we women, we love to tell stories, especially to a, you know empathetic ear
0: yeah yeah well, that's a great one that is well excellent. you know and
1: and I had to learn I mean just a, a little bit backstory on that i I learned the hard way I mean it wasn't like one day I just went, oh yeah okay, well, I'll be direct I mean I would harp and harp and harp and I was the harp I was the biggest harper you ever saw because I wanted to make sure that they understood so I would tell it from every angle I thought possible so it was a huge revelation for me when I realized I could just say it and then keep my mouth shut, which, you know, I had to work on.
0: Yeah, because it's not our nature.
1: <laughs> Especially as women, you know. Yeah. We want to explain why it bothered us so much and so that you know so you won't do it again. And, you know, men don't need all that information. Well, we just and, need to make and the sure other, you have their attention and and, and ask for what you would say, what bothered you, and then ask for what you want and then move on.
0: Yeah, on the other side, of course, men have to work at giving details because we're not naturally drawn to telling that whole thing. We'll be like, right. uh, I need this. And you're like wanting the whole story. And they're like, that's not efficient. That's not a good use of my time. I just need that. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And it feels incomplete. So, yeah, I mean, it goes both sides. But that's what I love about this aspect of communication is it's partnership. Partnership is not for wusses. It's an active sport. You have to be participating. It's not just like it'll happen. It doesn't just happen. A lot of people think that the key to partnership is surrounding yourself with people that agree with you. Yeah. And that's partnership by going, oh, good. We just have all these people that, that I don't have to work at. I don't have to pay any attention because we're all on the same page. When the reality is that's not how it works. And that's not a true partnership. That's yeah, just, you know, yeah. surrounding yourself with yes people. And more than likely, somebody's not getting what they need out of that relationship.
1: Well, it's boring after a while. I always get your way. I mean, it's nice to get your way, but... When you don't have a, when you're in a relationship and you're not engaged in conversation and you're getting your way, it just feels like that person isn't involved.
0: Yeah, that's, and that's that's, that's a, a good killer
1: point. for attraction right there.
0: That's a good point. Yep. Well, let's switch gears a little bit, Janice. What I, what I'd like to do is, if you wouldn't mind, give us a story of when you had what I call one of those "duh" moments. You know, where you're sitting there and all of a sudden light goes on. And you're like, wow. How have I missed this? How have I been such a knucklehead? And tell us what happened, and expand on the steps you took to turn that kind of wake-up moment into a building block for future partnerships.
1: Wow, um, so this is a big one. Um, John Gray's book had just come out. He was traveling all over, and he came to Denver, and he was going to do his all-day workshop. And my my husband and I had been to ten therapists, ten different therapists. <laughs> And I was trying to save our marriage from every angle possible. If I just found the right therapist, if I just got him to understand using the right words and the right this and the right that, then he would, you know, get it. And we went to, we spent the whole day at John Gray's seminar. It was a great seminar, eight hours. And at the end of the day, he said, John Gray talks a lot about men and appreciating men. And he said, you know, you've never appreciated me. Anyways, he moved out two days later, and we've been divorced ever since. Wow. And that was a hard lesson on learning how valuable it is to appreciate a man's efforts. So you can bet I appreciate a man's efforts. If a man holds a door, I mean, I always have thanked a man when he opens a door for me, but I'm so much more appreciative of men than I ever have been, knowing how valuable and how, you know, how, how important it is to me to be understood I know that that's just as important to men to be appreciated for their efforts. Not to say I don't want to be appreciated, but it's more important to me to be understood. And so, I mean, anything anybody does for me, at the cashier, at the store, you know, thank you so much. You know, how's your day going? Just really appreciate the extra mile that they go for me. I always extend those words of appreciation because men, what I know about men is they gravitate to where the appreciation lives, and who knows when that man was last appreciated. And so if I can say, you know, thank you for your efforts, I know that that makes a difference in his life. Maybe a little bit, maybe a lot, maybe, you know, who knows how much. But so that was the hardest lesson I learned was how important appreciation is for men.
0: Yeah, that that is so very true. And And you're right. It's, I think most of us don't realize how important it is For men and I think a lot of men don't even realize how important it is until it gets pointed out Yeah, that's what's missing because we're not really sure what to call it. And sometimes we have experienced it so little that we don't really even know what it is. I
1: know and that's really sad
0: Yeah, it's I mean i've i've worked with lots of folks where they're just like oh, yeah I never even knew what to call that that was missing because it was just so unexpected and uncommon in their world
1: You know where I was coming from? You vacuumed? Well, good for you. You own Mm -hmm. half the house. Why do Mm -hmm. I have to thank you? Yeah. You know, and you bathe the kids. Great. They're half... I mean, I just assumed that he was taking on half of his load of the responsibilities of the chores. Yeah. And never thinking, oh, you know, thank you so much for giving the kids a bath so I have 15 minutes to myself, you know, might earn me a back rub.
0: Yep. Yep. (laughs) Exactly.
1: So, yeah, I never knew that. And that was... I, if I could, that's a big regret that I wasn't more appreciative of him because I didn't know that he was showing his love through actions, which a lot I think a lot of men do, maybe better than through words. And so they maybe they change the oil and take mm-hmm. care of your car, mm-hmm. wash your car, all these things, and it just looks like they're doing chores or doesn't look like an act of love because they don't say, "Hey, as an act of love, I'm going to go wash your car." And so I didn't interpret it that way. And yes. Yeah. So I really regret that I didn't see the things that he was doing for me as acts of love towards me personally between you for our relationship. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I really appreciate you sharing that because I I know you're not alone in that, that that I'm sure there's lots of people listening and like, yeah, I'm guilty as charged. So thank you for, for opening up with that.
1: And you can bet I appreciate everything he does now. Yeah. Really great relationship. I always thank him now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What I'd like to do now, Janice is, is, move on to a story of one of your proudest moments in partnership, and it it could be romantic. It could be family, career, whatever area it shows up in. But what I found for myself is when I touch on one of those really proud moments in partnership, it's one of those things where when I think about it, I can't help but smile. Take us to one of those points.
1: My biggest proudest moment probably ever was um, being on stage at the Buell Theater with John Gray and getting a full round of applause to a sold-out audience. So that was, that's pretty proud of that. And, you know, my book won an award when it came out. I was pretty proud of that. But, you know, on a personal level, probably the thing I'm the most proud of is having broken the cycle of abuse that I came from with my kids
0: hmm.
1: and consciously making different choices, you know, from the time I got pregnant with my first, because we were never going to have children, and then it was like wow I need to do something to make sure I'm not like my parents and so I immediately put myself in therapy and and the the thing I'm the most proud of as a person as Janice is that my kids don't have to carry on that cycle of abuse and that they had a great childhood and my kids do all three of them are doing really really well and they're very happy and you know I learn from them all the time even as adults now they're in their 20s and so that's probably the thing that I'm the most proud of is that I consciously made that decision and have stuck to it and it hasn't always been easy.
0: That is amazing. Thank you so much for bringing that up. You're welcome. And what I, what I really want to touch on around what you just said is sometimes these patterns that we have, they're a partnership. We've decided to partner with this belief system or this behavior that, like you said, in your case, you grew up with, or maybe it was your culture or maybe it was your, you know, religion or whatever. These are all we can choose to be there or not. And you gave such a beautiful example of an incredibly powerful choice to change that partnership. And instead of partnering with the belief that that's just how it works, you say, well, there's got to be a different way because I'm not going to take that forward.
1: Yeah, I, I I couldn't imagine carrying that forward, you know, and you just, no child deserves to be abused in any way by an adult, they're innocent, they have no control, and they look up to adults, and I couldn't be that person, you know, I just couldn't, and, you know, as a result, now I, you know, for the last 20 years, since I started working with John back in the day, I have a teen dating program called Get Smart Dating, and there's, Other than spending time with my children, there's pretty much nothing I love more than presenting this program and hanging out with 17 and 18-year-olds. So it's funny how it shows up later in life.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Well, Dennis, I I know that we've been talking a lot about past experiences and partnership, and I want to bring our conversation into the present. And what I'd like to explore is what's a partnership that's really exciting in your life right now?
1: You know... I have met two people that I was in a mastery program with that have got me really excited about life. Um, one one gal is just this powerhouse of ideas that she doesn't even realize. She'll just be talking and some of the women listening may be able to relate to this Well, you talk about a problem that's bothering you and, and in the talking about it, you you find the solution. It just comes out and you go, oh, that, that's what I need to do. That's why women, that's one the reason we like to talk about our problems so we can find our solution by talking about them. And, um, so, there's a woman and a man, both unrelated to each other, um, but they've made a really big impact on my life lately, and, and I'm really valuing their friendship and seeing them as lifelong friends right now, and, and they've um, been helping me with some new business ideas, and they've got me really excited and really motivated, and I'm really grateful for that. So, that's probably the most exciting relationship I have right now. And that, and um, I have an in with a, uh, there's a home for teens in Boulder called Attention Homes. And I might be able to bring my Get Smart Dating program into the teens that live there for 21 days at a time. And so that would be really exciting to help teens, especially the ones that need it the most.
0: Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'll I'll keep my fingers crossed for you.
1: Yeah. So just saw some real cool things on the horizon that I'm really excited about with and just budding relationships here and there. So pretty exciting, actually.
0: Nice. I'm glad to hear it. Well, Janice, we have arrived at what I call the bring it all home portion of the show. And this is where we actually, we step away from the stories. And now what we do is we provide some simple, concrete guidance for our listeners so they can improve their relationships immediately. And what I'd like to start with is, what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice you ever received?
1: You know, one of the best things that I heard that I have taken to heart that has made a huge difference for me is I was listening to Marianne Williamson and she was talking about forgiveness and being upset with somebody. And she said, you know, who among us hasn't made a mistake? Who among us hasn't been late? Who among us hasn't forgotten? Who among us hasn't done what we said we were going to do. And we get mad at people for doing the same things that we do just on a different day. And, and you know, that really made a big difference for me because whenever I get upset with somebody, I'll think, who among us? It's like, you know, who am I to make them wrong for what they did when I do the same thing? You know? And so that's been really helpful. And then another one she had, that both happened to just be her, is um, somebody was talking about apologizing to her for some bad press that she got about one of her books that had come out. And, and she said... You know somebody had told her this this analogy that when you feel like an arrow is coming at you that when you feel like it's about to hit you that you imagine it turning to a rose and falling at your feet and that 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 that, that arrow doesn't have the power to hurt you because you offer love before it has a chance to penetrate and and so those are the two analogies i use actually quite a bit in dealing with uncomfortable situations you know and people sometimes
0: well, those are pretty powerful. Yeah. I mean, those those are some strong imageries and, and reminders because, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of challenges in partnership. Oh, yeah. It's not an automatic. I mean, there's, there's you know, the romance books all say it just falls together. But the reality is it doesn't because we're different. So, it and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, romantic or your family or even coworkers, right? It's like, well, we're still oh, yeah. different and plus
1: we're not taught to take responsibility you know yeah. we think if we got upset that it's their fault when if we were taught to look at what was my part in this going haywire or yourself yeah. that t- changes the whole game
0: yeah and that's i think one of the the great reminders in my life is you know what's your part in partnership and when you remember that it's not a one-way thing that it's like oh yeah i'm i'm playing a role here too what am i doing how am i contributing or not contributing that can change the the direction altogether, so I want to ask you, and I know you have an amazing book, but I want to ask you what other book or maybe it's just another resource that you would recommend to our listeners and and why how does this show up for you and and how do you feel it can help them with their partnerships?
1: Well, obviously, I would recommend my book and <laughs> um, and you know one of the things I say and I just talk a lot about John Gray, but he just has a lot of really good information and um Mars and Venus in the bedroom should be on every couple's nightstand. In my, in my opinion, it's a small book. We're not, you know, we're not even, we're, we're taught about sex, sex education, you know, STDs, abstinence, teen violence, whatever, all this stuff. But we're not taught about like how to do it unless you take some classes. And, and then you add that we're different as men and women. And so just getting a little information about how we're different in the bedroom, cause we're really different in every room in the house that, that can make a huge, huge difference, especially if people don't have a, you know, killer sex life. I mean, they can, they just need some, some tools. And, you know, the idea that, that, uh, men don't want to be told what to do because their, their egos are fragile is a total, complete fallacy. And so women will not say this feels good or that doesn't feel good because they don't want to hurt his feelings when he's like, no, tell me, tell me. (laughs) So I want to know, you know, just little things like that. So that's a book I would recommend. And, Another book that is really important to me is it's called Small Miracles. It's been around for a long time. It's a five by seven book. It's I think it's eight dollars. And there's other volumes of the Small Miracles book, but the the original Small Miracles book has probably had a huge impact on my life. And I can tell a lot of the stories out of that book um, very well because I have memorized. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's a you know if you ever think that you're alone or that everything happens to, good things happen to other people that are not you and that it can never happen to you, pick that book up it's an amazing, amazing book and a great gift for other people if it's only eight bucks.
0: Wow. That that sounds like we could all benefit from both of those and I'm not familiar with Small Miracles so I will definitely have to check it out.
1: Chicken Soup needs to take lessons from Small Miracles.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Stories are better. Nice. Well, what I'd love to do, Janice, is is leave our listeners with an example of what I call the payoff of partnership. In other words, you know, what's a specific example of something you were able to do or to create or experience that wouldn't have happened unless you were in a partnership?
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things I'm really big on are the three I appreciate you's, I call it, where you pick a time of the day, either before bed or first thing in the morning, or you know, whenever you and your partner have time uninterrupted, uninterrupted, and Whoever goes first doesn't matter, but you pick one who's going to go first, and you say three things you appreciate them. So, three things I appreciate you about you is you know that you go to work and come home, and you're a good father to the children, and that you know you take good care of me. So you know the first day it starts off with things like that, and then your partner. And the only thing you can say in response when your partner is saying the three things they appreciate is thank you. So it's not a conversation. It's, hmm. I really appreciate something. I really appreciate about you is this and their partner says thank you and something else i really appreciate about you is this and they say thank you three times and then they go and three times some three things they appreciate about you and and then after that if you want to have a conversation that's fine but you have to stick to the ground rules for that and what happens is when you do that every day you get the little stuff out of the way like thanks for coming home and bringing home paycheck and you know all taking care of me the next day it goes a little deeper when you get two three weeks into this a month two months four months six months into this what you appreciate is It becomes more of a daily thing. I really appreciate that when we were at dinner and our daughter knocked over her milk, that you kept calm and didn't lose your temper. So it can get real specific like that once you start doing this and you make it a daily practice. I mean, even if you only did it on the weekends because you're busy during the week. I mean, anything's better than nothing. But we don't know what we appreciate about each other because we don't tell each other. And when you tell somebody, somebody's like, wow, really? You appreciated that about me? You noticed that about me? You were paying attention to me? I'm visible to you? I'm not in this invisible paycheck that comes home and, you know, a lot of times men feel like an invisible paycheck, you know, and just to be seen in a positive way. And and every day it's a deeper and deeper, deeper look-see at each other and look-see into the relationship. And it's probably one of the most powerful tools that couples can do, especially if they do it every single day.
0: Yeah, that's, that is a really, really cool example. And a couple of things I love about this is, one, it requires partnership. You you yep. can't do it by yourself. I mean, yeah, we can go, oh, I'm great about this. I'm glad I did that today. But that's very different than when you hear it from someone else. It's yeah. a totally different energy and experience. But the other thing that you you bring to light here is as you do this and become to practice and you're, you know, it, there's a part in our brain called the reticular activator. And it's the thing that... When, let's say, you buy a new red car, all of a sudden you see red cars everywhere. Right. It's what you put your attention on, it starts looking for. So if you put your attention on what you appreciate in your partner, your particular activator will actually start picking them up for you and going, oh, there's that, there's this, there's that. It'll become really simple Yep. because that's what you're engaged in. That's what you're actually targeted towards. And think how that would change your experience of your partner, of your coworker, of whoever... If your attention's on what you appreciate instead of what you don't.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's a game changer. It helps you remember why you fell in love with them in the first place. Exactly. You know?
0: Yeah. yeah. And it brings
1: you back to reality. And, you know, it's not a text electronic technique. It's looking at each other and, you know, yep. it takes one minute, two minutes. I mean, yeah. It's not a, you don't have to, you know kumbaya for 15 minutes holding hands it's a short <laughs> little exercise
0: yeah <laughs> I mean, <you> exactly <laughs> yeah no but i think it's great because it can be very quick and to the point that that you know really then powerful. nobody's going i don't have time today it's going to take us a couple minutes it's so it's so us powerful you know yeah. I mean,
1: you think about how much we change over the years and we're in a relationship and you know we have kids and our kids are little and then they're bigger and then they you know we're always changing so what we appreciate about our partner changes as well so yeah. maybe what, what my partner appreciated about me Two, three, five, ten 10 years ago isn't what he appreciates about me now so it's, and it's no, you know who doesn't want to hear that you know how they, they say how people love hearing the sound of their own name they love hearing the sound of being appreciated
0: oh without a doubt yeah. without a doubt yeah, yeah. well Janice I, it's clear you have an unbelievable resource of information to share with people and recognition and experiences both with your work with with John and, and with you know the kids that you work with and uh, would you do us a favor let us know how to contact you, how to learn more about what you do.
1: Yes, I would love to. Um, janicehoffman.com is my website. If they want information about Get Smart Dating, there's a Get Smart Dating navigation tab that will take them to two video, two videos that are actually actually TV segments of a TV show that came out to two different high schools, two different years. And um, if they want more information about my book, there's a link on there for relationship rules. I have a great blog with lots of information there. And um, if they're interested in coaching, uh, they can shoot me an email. We can set something up via Skype or in person, depending on where they are. And, um, you know, a little information can make a big difference. And sometimes we do things for ourselves. Sometimes we do things for our partner. And sometimes we do things for the relationship. And doing things for the relationship can benefit us all. So I really encourage people, whatever it is that they do, that they invest in themselves and their relationship, because it will always serve you to spend time doing that. In my opinion,
0: yeah, definitely,
1: it has has made a huge difference in my life, and my kids have had the trickle-down effect, and I see the difference that it's made in their lives. And you know, we owe it to our kids to be good role models and teach them well.
0: Well, Janice, you've been so generous. You've been so, you know transparent really of what's gone on i mean you even said you know there's some things you haven't ever really told on a show before which i still appreciate yeah (laughs) so i i've learned a ton from you and i know our listeners have i just want to thank you for being on the show today
1: well thank you for having me and um you know i think this is a great great avenue for people to learn about themselves and Listening to other people's stories, mine, yours, other people's included, it, it I think it gives them the opportunity of the, the to allow themselves to be vulnerable enough to say, you know, okay, I'm going to let myself feel enough to heal. And so that's my prayer and hope for everybody listening.
0: Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking A Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web.